We hope that you receive a blessing and that you can take Christ with you and that you'll be more devoted and consecrated to him as a result of our few minutes together as we talk about his death, the cross, and his resurrection. I would like for you to turn to the 14th chapter of the book of Mark, and if you will follow with me, I think you'll get more out of the lesson if you'll get you a New Testament. And in the 27th verse of that 14th chapter, when he had instituted the Lord's Supper, and Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. What hope? That didn't really register on them. They denied that, as we deny him today, being alive. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet not I. How many times have we sort of thought that way? And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, At this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice, three times. But he spake the more vehemently, if I would die, I should, if I should die with thee, I'll not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Can we identify with that faithfulness? Would that we could all lay hold of that. And they come to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And take with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth him sleeping, and saith, Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour, and watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation? The spirit truly is ready but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither was they what to answer him. They didn't know what to answer. They'd made such claim that they'd never ignore him. And he cometh a third time and saith, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hours come. Behold, the Son of God is betrayed into the hands of sinners. 
Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately, while he was yet speaking, comes Judas, one of the twelve. And with a great multitude, with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and he that betrayeth him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and he kissed him. Can you identify with that rejection? You think anybody could ever do that? And they laid their hands on him and took him, and one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple and teaching, and ye took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. He's quoting from an old Testament passage. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young man laid hold on him. And young men laid hold on him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. We think that was John. And they led Jesus away to the high priest and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. These were religious people. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest, and he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought for a witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. Now, first of all, they were violating the law because you shouldn't have court at night. But when people want to do anything, they do it regardless. And I want you to sort of detect here the harshness, the rejection, the anger, the hate that the religious people had for Christ, the Son of God. Why is humanity prone to have this kind of behavior? For many are false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. That didn't count, but even they were against the law because it was wrong time. It, it wasn't supposed to count, but they used it anyway. You think humanity does that kind of thing today? do our own thing when we want to do it. And there arose certain bare false witness against him saying, we heard him say, I will destroy the temple, this temple that is made with hands and within three days I will build another made without hands. That's true, he said that. But he also ex explained that it was the temple of his body 
that's given today, his person, that he dwells in and we dwell in. But neither, the 59th verse says, but neither so did their witnesses agree together. So that didn't count. But they used it anyway. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answers thou nothing? What is it? Which these witnesses against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing again. Again, the high priest said, asked him and said, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. Jesus is testifying. And he said, Ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. They didn't believe it. But he said it, and it was true. Then the high priest rent his clothes, and he said, What need do we have of further witnesses? He's already said. This is high treason. Treason. He is a ruler. He's against the Roman government. We are the Jews that operate within the Roman government, but now we have him. He's against the Roman government, and we can put him to death. The worst death that's known to man. Crucifixion. Ye have heard the blasphemy, what think ye? And they all condemned him to the, be guilty of death. Uh, because he said he was the Son of God, because he told the truth. And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face, and to buffet him, and to say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And as Peter was beneath the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. He was at a, at a different level. And this was happening to Jesus. And when she saw Peter warming herself, she looked upon him and said, and thou also lost with Jesus of Nazareth. And, but he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. Can you identify with some time when pressure would be put on you to acknowledge Christ as the Savior and as the Lord, that you might say, no, I don't know him. Peter said he had died before he'd say that. And as he went out into the porch and the cock crew, and a maid saw him again and began to say to him, and stood by, this is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by him said unto Peter, surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and your speech betrays you. But he began to curse and to swear. I know not this man of whom you speak. What possesses a person who has been taught for three years, who has seen Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and Elijah and Moses, and the Father saying, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased, and Jesus over and over saying that he was the son 
of God and that he would die. And Peter even saying, this will not happen to you. And he said, yes, it will. Get thee behind me, Satan. This person had been through this, and now he denies him. Are we greater than Peter? When do we deny that he's the Son of God? It is easy for us to see his denial, and it's easy for us to say, no, 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 you shouldn't do that, Peter. But we have 2,000 years of history. We have an Old Testament and a New Testament that's filled with passages from the Old and the New that synchronize, and Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, at the right hand of the throne, and he has helped people, he has delivered them from the darkness, and he saved them, and he now is still asking us to acknowledge him. And we still, humanity in the flesh, still we have the temptation like Peter, to deny him. The second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. Well, when we deny Christ, when we fail to recognize him, why can't we also weep and recognize our mistake and hurriedly correct it? But in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. Now this, they had him in their court, the Jews' court. But now before they can... They had him guilty. He's guilty of treason. He said something against the rulership of, of the ruler of Rome. So he needs to be put to death. He needs to be put to death. And the scribes and the Pharisees, the scribes and the elders, and, and, and they held counsel. And they said, well, we've got to take him now and get the permission to kill him. And Pilate asked them, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered and said unto them, You said it. What are they accusing? You're against Rome. You said something against the government. You're worthy of death. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate said, I answered again and said, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against you. Jesus answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled that now that feast he released unto them during this time, one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them, that had made insurrection, that's against the government, with him. And in the, in the going against the government, he had murdered somebody. So they not only got him for going against the government, but they got him for murder while he was doing that. He was a bad, bad boy. And the multitude cried out again, began to desire him to do as he had ever, ever, ever done unto them. And Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest 
Look at that 10th verse. He knew that the chief priest had delivered him up for envy. But the chief priest moved the people that he should release Barabbas, uh, Barabbas unto them. Now, what I want you to identify with is how religious people can begin to think and deny Christ and that can arouse people to choose and make the wrong decision because they begin to think incorrectly and not accept Christ as a Savior. Now, Christ has been at the right hand of the throne of God, reigning as King for nearly 2,000 years. He is alive. But this happened back there in order that we might get acquainted with humanity, how that humanity can reject the God who created us and the living Christ because we're influenced by wrong thinkers and by envy. And Pilate answered and said again, What will you then have me to do unto him, to the king of the Jews? And they cried again, Crucify him. Why? That's what the person who says something against the government deserves. And that's what he's done. Now they saw that. He didn't because he was the Son of God. Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out more exceedingly, Crucify him. They established it. Oh, it wasn't according to law because they did it after hours. But they still held to it. They wouldn't change their mind. So Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Now you know what they do when they scourge a people, person? They whip him with leather straps with metal on the end and with rocks on the end a very sharp objects. And most of the time when they got through beating them, they lost their minds. They didn't ever think correctly. Most of the ones that were crucified, when they got through beating them, they didn't ever have a rational outlook on life anymore. Now our Savior went through this and he was still thinking. And he went through it because we are that kind of people. Every one of us is guilty of sin and of beating the Savior and rejecting him and refusing to let him enter our life. But he took that because he loves us so much. He wants to save us. We're his creation. And if you think that this wickedness and this rejection and this anger and this envy was confined to the people who lived there, you need to get the message that is humanity. That is the people who live in the flesh, influenced by Satan. 
And Jesus came and suffered death for us that we might not have to suffer. We need to understand. Look at the 19th verse. They smote him on the head with a reed and did spit out by him and bowed their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him. After they had put that on him before, they took off his clothes and dressed him up like a king. And then when they mocked him and did all of that. You know when we mock God, when we mock Christ, when we don't acknowledge him as Savior and as King and as the unseen and as the right hand of God and as the one who died for us. And you know, look at that 21st verse. And when they compelled one Simon, Sereni, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. You know where we find those names? In the last part of Romans. They're with Paul. Alexander and Rufus are, are with Paul. Those two boys got the message. Their dad helped to take that cross. He never forgot it. I don't know how much power and strength that Jesus gave to that Simon who took his cross. He probably did something, though, that he knew he was the Son of God. And his sons were influenced because when Paul was in prison, when he writes that epistle, he says, Rufus and Alexander are with me. They were his co-workers. They never forgot it. Wouldn't you have left to been there and said, yeah, I'll take his cross. Ben Simon, I'll, I'll help you. Just let me do it. Just let me die. Jesus would have said, you can't die. You're a sinner. You're stained with sin. I come as a perfect sacrifice as God's son to die for everyone. We must believe that. That's the gospel. You know, when they crucified him, they gave him to drink wine that was bitter, and they parted his garments, and it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And you know, they had up there the king of the Jews, written in the Latin language, the Hebrew language, the religious people who put him, who, who pressed for him to be put to death. And then the Greek, which was the universal tongue. And they didn't like it. The religious people said, take it down. Don't say he was the king of the Jews. He wasn't the king. You're still denying him, still rejecting him. Pilate said, what I've written, I've written. He was the king of the Jews. They said, no, just say, he said he was. No, he was. And I want to emphasize that he still is. He still is the king of the Jews, but he's the king of the universe. 
I want you to look at this 29th verse. They passed by railing and wagging their heads and saying, you destroy the temple and you'd build it up. They understood that pretty well. In three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking among themselves with the scribe. He saved others. He cannot save himself. When people get obstinate, when they get rejecting, rejecting him, it's difficult for them to see. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. If he had, we wouldn't be saved. We couldn't be saved. It was inevitable that he had to pay the price for us who in the flesh that the devil has deceived and still deceives if we don't believe in Christ. Brethren, let me tell you, it's a serious thing. For you may look at these and say these were terrible people, but the people today who reject Jesus Christ as Lord and King and the unseen guest in our hearts are just as guilty as the people that we've talked about here. And they said that were crucified with him, reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, now, the other writers, they both reviled him, both of them, one on either side. But something happened to one of them. Something happened. He believed that he was the Son of God. And he said, Lord, remember me when you, I believe, remember me when, when you come into your, your kingdom. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, in the ninth hour, the third hour, the third hour, Jesus cried, uh, when they crucified him, but the ninth hour, Jesus cried aloud, saying, and it's translated, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that heard it, behold, said, Well, he's calling Elijah. And some tried to give him a vinegar. And, and Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. The veil of the temple was rent. I want to tell you what happened. Three hours. He was there six hours. But three hours, the last three hours, it was darkness. Maybe that's the time the thief changed his mind. Then when he, he really died, people, the temple's veil was rent, and there was an earthquake. Why is it? But that didn't change people's minds. Why wouldn't they change? I'll tell you that 39th verse, there was a wise old centurion, over a hundred people. He stood against him, he saw that he cried and gave up the spirit. And he said, truly, this was the Son of God. I want to tell you something else that will cause you to appreciate God's creation. There were also women looking on far off. 
among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, the less and Josie and Salome, who also when he was in Galilee followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him to Jerusalem. Thank God that that verse is there. Let me tell you, the women in the day that Christ was here, they were respected by the Jewish people. Not at all. But that didn't bother Jesus. He wanted them in their place, but he, their place was to serve and he had a great relationship with them. And you know the first one at the graveside was a lady that he cast seven devils out of. And did you know she had such a hard time putting this thing together that she couldn't believe that he would do what he said he would do, that he'd be raised. She, she just had her mind set. When she came back, she, she said, I want to know where he is. Said, the grave is empty. I want to know where they've laid him. And here was Jesus walking around here. She said, I want to know where you've laid him. She couldn't even notice him. It was hard because she saw him crucified. She knew he was put to death. She knew he was dead. But she didn't believe he could live again. Now, you identify with this woman. Had seven devils cast out of her. Was the last one at the grave and the first one there. It was hard for her to recognize him. And finally, he said, Mary, oh, Master, She ran. She told others. They didn't even believe her. They didn't believe her. Some of the others went around and told other people, and they didn't believe them. They said, oh, it's like, they're like these people out of their mind. Why? He told them before he went to the cross that night, he said, I'm going to be raised. You know the reason? Because we're humanity. Most of us don't believe that he's alive at the right hand of God and that he communed with us on the first day of the week. Or we'd be here, wouldn't we? Most of us don't believe that he's alive and that he sees our prayer and sees us when we dedicate ourselves to him. Or we would do it more often, wouldn't we? Most of us don't believe that he hears prayer and that he hears us when we're in trouble and difficulty and he wants to lift our burden and he wants to be close to us and he wants to take us even to the end. And we forget him, don't we? They had a hard time. There was two people walking to Emmaus and, and he walked along with them. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> he's not alive. Oh, he's dead. He said, why are you so sad? So what are you sad about? You, you mean you've been in, you're the only ones that know what's happened? Our 
friend that was going to restore the government and, and take over the government and, and, and set this thing up and overcome the Jews are going to be in first spot again. They still were thinking that way. He said, what things? And he of all people knew, knew all about it. They said, oh, there's some men that been to the grave, and they said he was raised, and said, they didn't believe it either. It's difficult to believe, isn't it? It's difficult for us to take him out with us and get in our cars and take us home and, and to tell him how hurt we are and how disappointed we are and how much we need him and how powerful he is and how we need to be closer to him and to love him. Oh, that's, that's a part of our job. Yes, this is a time that we think about Christ being put to death. You know what? We think about the cross on our Bibles and, and on around our necks and all of that. You know what the cross was a symbol of in that day and time? Like electric chair. Like some kind of... Uh, any way to put a person to death that was the worst criminal that a person could ever know. Now, we think of it a little different, but that's what he went through. And you know the reason he went through it? Because each of us deserved the cross. Which we don't have to. He did it for us. And in fact, he says, we're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Just as many of us have been baptized with Christ to put on Christ. We can put him on. He stands at the door and knocks. Revelation 3. And if any man will hear my voice, let him open the door. And I'll come in with him and he with me. Will you come to Jesus as we stand together and say?